Welcome, this is the Change Creator Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Change Creator Podcast show. If you missed last week's episode, we dropped a killer interview with Gerard Adams. He's one of the top influencers around the world. He's known as the millennial mentor, helping others fulfill their dreams as entrepreneurs and do something meaningful. So he's had a great transformation story. He um, exited uh, from uh, building uh, Elite Daily and sold that for $50 million, and then he went on this whole other mission. So a lot of good insights in there. Check that out. Um, He's also on the cover of issue 25 of Change Creator Magazine. You've got a a really great cover story, guys, that we outline a lot of this stuff in. Um, So today we're going to be talking with Lorinda Lee, and she is the founder of a company called Kind Karma. So they're in their earlier years, guys. Kind Karma is just under two years old. Um, And we're going to talk about how she launched the brand because she had some trouble there, but then she had a successful launch and she's been actually doing really well. So she's going to share some of her insights around creating processes and getting started um, and all those types of things that will help a lot of people out there because, um, you know, there's a lot of things to cover when you're an entrepreneur so every little bit helps all right guys um if you haven't already checked it out as i mentioned earlier we did release the 25th edition of change creator magazine with gerard adams really powerful edition of the magazine we have a feature and story feature story in there as well with um uh chrissy lamb she is the founder of love is project she was just in oprah magazine and they have been doing some incredible work i mean she's selling bracelets she made 1.2 million in two years and she's spreading love love the story and that's what makes it work right so check out that feature i think you guys are going to get a lot out of it um don't forget to stop by leave us a review guys follow us on soundcloud or itunes um you know we really appreciate the support and those reviews on itunes go a really long way um all right guys that's about it uh last but not least as i just remember we do have available now a master class guys go to changecreator.com and on the top right in the menu you'll see free master class uh myself uh, danielle solen and amy we did a master class to talk about a couple secrets that we've picked up on when it comes to building audiences and doing marketing and and getting people that actually love what you do on board with your mission, right? So we did a masterclass there. This is about audience building and marketing. Think you guys are going to get a lot out of it. We share some really great experiences and inside tips from all of our, um, our backgrounds. All right, let's jump into this conversation with Lorinda. I know you're going to dig this. I'll kick this off and I am pronouncing it right when I say Lorinda. Lorinda, yeah. Lorinda, okay. Yes. Okay, great. All right, here we go. Three, two, and one. Hey, Lorinda, welcome to the Change Creator Podcast Show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great as well. Um, been a busy, busy morning. Actually, I had one of those mornings where uh, one of my my pets woke me up at 1.30 in the morning and I couldn't go back to sleep, so I've been up for a while. <laughs> yeah, I definitely relate to that. My dog is the biggest spaz, so she does that often as well. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you know, usually you can fall back to sleep, but sometimes you just, you're up and that's it. So I know, it's it's when you're startled and your heart's pounding. <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what I should do right now. Get a little adrenaline so, boost, yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm going to watch TV, I can't do anything right now. So. <laughs> exactly. I'm just going to go and reset and we'll try 
Exactly. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited to talk to you about what you have going on with Kind Karma. Um, And for anybody listening, we just released the 23rd edition of Change Creator Magazine, and we did a great spotlight with Kind Karma in that magazine. So you want to check out that story. Uh, And in addition, there will be a feature with Eric Reese and and Mei Chang. Um, So Lorinda... um, Let's dive into just a little bit about what you're working on right now. What do you have going on? Where are you at? What's what's happening? For sure. So this, um, we've just kind of been following the wave. Uh, we had a really great year last year. Uh, our holiday season was kind of the best ever, although we're only a year and a half old. So, I mean, it probably doesn't carry as much weight, but we're still really proud of all that we've achieved. And I think with this year, we're just kind of, Riding, riding along, we're trying to find some systems and processes to kind of support our growth and to keep us going on the right track. So we're hiring more youth artisans. We're also hiring some uh, supporting team members to kind of help out with putting processes in place and everything like that. And yeah, just just keep on going, explore new avenues that that we feel uh, would complement our business in terms of sales and and what kind of customers we can we can target and help them buy a product that does good as as well as uh, is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is uh, that's the that's the perfect balance. <laughs> exactly. Yes, <laughs> and it's great that there's a shift. I feel like nowadays for that. Um, whereas if you look at it five years ago, people just kind of bought products and they didn't really ask the question of where it came from. So there it's nice to see a shift. Yes. Um, oh. you know, I just spoke with Joe Solomon as well, and, um, he's a big impact investor and he talks about, I think it, I, I always forget the number 50, a hundred trillion. I forget the transfer, but there's a wealth transfer happening among the millennial generation, um, yes. and the behaviors that are, um, changing with how they think and feel about things. So attitude and behavior. And so with yes. that wealth transfer, it's becoming this huge, you know, it's an opportunity for business, but it's also how we use that money. Cause that's going to be the power that's like driving the economy and all that kind of stuff. So I like Definitely. to see what Kind Karma is doing because it is about making smart purchases and, and having like a holistic approach to, um, you know, the vision of the business. It's not just about making the money and staying afloat. It's ha- having a purpose with the business. So I would like exactly. to hear a little bit more background from you now that we know where you are and what you're doing. Um, what started Kind Karma? I, w- I think the people listening would like to know how you got the idea and what inspired you. Yeah, so I started, I used to work in corporate, um, and I think entrepreneurship was always in my blood. So I remember even when I was working my nine to five job, I'd have a different idea every week. And I would always be like, oh, this week I'm going to make these boxes that Amazon deliveries can go into. I'm going to make these (laughs) random things. And I, my coworkers probably thought I was crazy, but I think at the core of it, it really made me think about what was important to me if I did want to start a business. And for me, I really wanted to make that, make a change. And, uh, at first I also looked outside of, you know, my community. I looked to third world countries and I was like, maybe I can work with artisans in those communities and help them create a better standard of living. But ultimately that was not logistically Uh, feasible for me. I had no connections in these places. Uh, I hadn't even been to some of them. So it was uh, shot in the dark and it really made me think about 
my own community and what I could do to help my community as a starting point. So that's when I kind of identified who I wanted to work with. And for me, the youth demographic has always been so it's been one of those um, groups that I've always been so drawn to because I feel like they don't create their situations. Mm. A lot of them have just been the victims of either a bad domestic environment or circumstances that are beyond their control. And we kind of lump them in as these bad people. And yet they have so much potential and they just need somebody to believe in them and give them a chance and an opportunity to reach their full potential. So I, that really spoke to me and that was something that I wanted to, to help uh, foster to put them on the right path and to create a positive impact so they can they can become successful you know adults and yeah and pay it forward yeah yeah that's pretty cool and and so what did that I guess look like for you as a starting point I mean wh- where does someone begin when they have this inspiration you wanna you want to ride that wave of inspiration but how do you get started and what were some of the steps you took that maybe tanked and <laughs> what were some of the steps that were Absol- that were successful <laughs> yeah absolutely so when I first started uh, we officially launched at the buy good feel good show oh, in yeah. May awesome. yeah so it's uh, it was the most amazing place to launch and I think it really helped to mitigate some of my failure uh, simply because you're surrounded by all of these other businesses and consumers that have a similar idea and want to do well so getting that support and feedback was so important to me. And even the connections that you make with people in similar fields, uh, that was, you know, I can't even say enough about how amazing it was to launch there. Uh, we did a soft launch in February where I basically just, um, started an Instagram account, started building the website, tested some products and nothing like there was absolutely no response. Uh, so it's, it, it was a, it was a learning curve for sure because yeah. you're like, oh, well, maybe I'll have to redesign some things. Maybe I'll, uh, you know, try a different approach to social media. And But then ultimately when we f- finally launched in May, I think we had worked out some of the kinks. And then to just receive support from the onset uh, from the local community, that was amazing. So definitely I would feel it's a great place for people who are launching to find an event such as Buy Good Feel Good, <laughs> where you're yeah. just kind of surrounded by like-minded people who offer you that support, offer you feedback, and uh, help you make those connections to kind of move your business forward from the start. Yeah, I mean, I love to hear that. You know, that Change Creator is like the we're the official sponsor for Buy Good Feel Good in awesome. this year. And so yeah. when you say things like that, guys, listen, I mean, we don't just, you know, do these things for the sake of doing them. There's a good reason. We, we love Buy Good, Feel Good. Um, we interviewed Rafiq as well. And it's awesome to yes, hear amazing. that you did this launch there. That is a great way to launch is at there because the networking I mean, you're looking to get your initial sales and let people know that you're out there. Um, that's really hard over just doing social media. You think like, I'm going to get so much reach and tell everyone, but no one's going to care because they don't know you. <laughs> and exactly. you know what I mean? So, yeah. And it's even that personal approach. I mean, social media, you're putting something out there. You don't get that feedback. Everybody's so inundated with information and and pictures and content that sometimes it's easy for it to get lost. Whereas if you make those connections kind of in person and get to tell somebody firsthand your story or your experience or your mission, I think it goes so much further. And that was that's the beauty, I guess, of of that. 
yeah. that you can actually go out there and see somebody face to face and get that reaction. It, it makes all the difference. And I would back you up by saying our most important uh, contributor to progress, especially in these earlier years, has been through going to conferences, meeting people. It You can meet more powerful advisors, partners, people to network with at these events than you would all year sitting behind the computer. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what it was. It's not even just consumers. A lot of people think it's just pure sales, but it's also the the people that can help you. We made connections with different uh, shelters and different organizations that have a similar cause. And yeah. that has impacted us in terms of who we hire and how we're able to hire them more effectively. And so it, it was just a great way to get that feedback and get it immediately too, because you never know when somebody post a comment how long it's been yeah, right. for that comment to come yeah. So. Yeah, it's not like we have a team of people right now at those earlier days that just sitting there doing social media. So exactly. it is a different thing. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. That's really good to hear. And I just, you know, I hear it more and more. And it's the story that we also share with people about, you know, making progress. And honestly, if you make good, good, if you network, um, you know, the old saying, your, your network is your net worth. Um, there's su- super value and, on, and truth behind that. And I would say even from a marketing standpoint, you know, like when you talk about getting investment, people are always like, well, you want to get a warm introduction so they know it's coming from someone they trust. The same thing goes with selling a product. Like if you get a brand uh, that has an audience that already trusts that that company and they promote what you're doing and help you out, like through a partnership agreement you have, like you're going to get such better reception because you have already, you're getting introduced with like a warm introduction basically for your product too. Yeah, exactly. Because they know who you are. They can see yes. that you're genuine. They know, you know, that you mean what you say. And it, a lot of that doesn't translate unless you actually talk to somebody or see them face to face. And uh, yeah, I mean, you always hear these horror stories about how emails get misinterpreted. And, and it, it, that's so true, yeah. no matter what industry we're in, unless you actually talk to somebody. And uh, it, yeah, they can't really tell. It's, it's hard for them to know who you are, if you're a robot or not. <laughs> right, right. Well, people, you know, yeah. you got to let people get to know you and stuff. And it's hard over social media, unless you're doing a lot of those like Facebook Live and you're doing little like events, talking with people and showing your face. And I just don't, I just don't think a lot of people are taking, putting, they're a little uncomfortable with that still. So they don't do that kind of thing, you know? Yes. Um, yes. It's very hard to like put a spotlight on yourself sometimes and then just is. throw it out there. Into it the can void, be. So. I said something like that to Guy Kawasaki. Um, I don't know if you know who he is. He's a, he's a big yeah. marketer guy and he's like, he's like, yeah, well, man up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was like, okay, good advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now we've got to just do it. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> um, Cool. So what were some of the bigger challenges? I know you guys, how how long, remind me, I forget, you've been now in business how long? A year and a half. Okay. So it's been a year and a half. Okay. Total. Wow. Okay. So you guys are definitely right on the front lines of the early phase. Um, and so you're kind of like in this building block mode and, and like you said, you're building these systems and processes. I'm going to call that out to people because those systems and processes we all know it's like, oh yeah, I know I got to have routine discipline, but you don't do it. <laughs> yes, And it's like, exactly. you have to 
focus your energy on building systems that work and analyzing what parts of the system may not be working. So I love hearing that that's something you're working on. And have you, have you started building successful systems? Have you tried things that haven't worked for you uh, as far as like maybe sales processes and stuff like that for getting new clients? Anything you could share just around some of the things you might be doing there? Yeah. And talking about building processes, I mean, that's as I sit there and look at the amount of receipts that I'm sure every <laughs> entrepreneur has that they've just never gotten around to tackling. It's yeah, it's just little things like that. Just how to keep on top of your accounting, your receipts. And also, I think the biggest challenge, and this is where we're trying to shift it a little bit this year, is that everything kind of falls on you as an entrepreneur. And it's very risky sometimes to get that help or hire extra hands, even though you really need it. Um, in the early years, because you're like, you never know what's going to happen. So I don't want to, you know, hire somebody on and have them help me. And then what if things don't go the right way? But I think it's also so instrumental to building because you can't do everything yourself. And if things go sideways, it kind of falls on you. And when you're dealing with three things that have gone sideways, it's, uh, it can not, not be a good state of mind for no. you in terms of like a deep moving. depression. <laughs> exactly. You're just like, I, I can't. Today. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think just doing those things and hiring those extra hands or getting, um, people to help you with what you need to do. I think that's so big. Um, so that when things do, when you hit bumpy, bumpy times or bumpy roads, yeah. it's, it, it kind of mitigates that, that yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Have you had challenges? Um, you know, I think a lot of people get nervous around hiring. Like when is the right time to hire? You know, there's a lot of budget concern and from what you're, what you told me about your background so far, it doesn't sound like you guys raised money. You just, you established your, you know, uh, monetary streams, revenue channels immediately. Yes. So for us, we, we have been so fortunate that we um, were able to sustain everything that we've done so far just through sales. Yeah. Um, we are kind of looking at some funding options probably this year just to help us grow our team. And I think that helps, too, if you're looking to hire somebody. There's always different um, options, whether you're hiring interns and can get some sort of government subsidy, even for a little while, or interns that just want experience and they can do it for yeah. a couple months. And and then maybe you can look at it down the road. Uh, all those avenues, I think there's different ways to kind of, I guess, look at how, how you hire a workforce these days as well. And we always, I think, as social entrepreneurs, we're just kind of thinking that, oh, we're doing some good, but we don't realize how much other people want to be involved in us doing good and be involved in our mission. Cause so many people just are willing to volunteer time. And even if it's just for little things, um, they, they want to be involved in what you're doing and spreading good. So, uh, we should, we should leverage that. I mean, if, if people want to, to help out, I think we have a great, um, story and, um, people do want to, to be involved in that. So, and have you brought on volunteers? Have you tried that? Yes, we did. We did try that. And then now, um, they actually end up, we end up hiring them. So I mean, <laughs> our, yeah, it's was that the plan or was that just happen? It just happened. I was like, well, you know, I want to give something back to them too. They volunteer their time and, uh, wh- like, why can't we just give them something more permanent so they feel more a part of it. So we always try to do that as, as we go. Um, yeah. And just bring them on so that they can feel more invested in what we're doing. Yep. Uh, not that they weren't before, but 
Right. Well, it also is a timing thing for yourself, right? Can you afford to, to do that at the time? And when you can, it's like, yes, like, let's do it, you know? So exactly. Yeah. And you then they, they never expect a lot. They're already so invested in your mission and they want to do good as well through your organization. So um, you never it's not like you have to hire somebody full time right away and, and feel that burden. But even just taking it baby steps and hiring, you know, one person part time, people mm-hmm. would be happy. Yeah. And and how have you found it? Like, it sounds like you get people who are attracted to what you do and are aligned to the mission that you have. And, and maybe they like the jewelry space as well. So it kind of all ties together. So, you know, we are really big at Change Creator, um, especially in today's modern, you know, digital space because it's so crowded, is that the story that you have and the way you tell it is a really powerful way to attract the right people who want to be part of what you're doing. So have you found success in the fact that you have a good story? Yes, absolutely. And I think that's what sets us apart. Um, I mean, I always hear people come by and they see our jewelry and they, they already love it. And then when you tell them the story, they're more invested and they're just like, Oh my gosh, I'm definitely going to get something now. (laughs) Um, That's always just, and it's not intended to be that way. Like we always just do it to spread awareness of what we're doing, but we found that, yeah, it does actually draw people in and, um, it's always a great, I mean, you can go and see so many jewelry companies. And I think in the beginning, I was very afraid that, I would just be another one of them. Mm, yeah. And there's, yeah. And there's so many handmade jewelry pieces out there, which is amazing. I love seeing the artisan community grow, but yeah, I was like, I'm just going to be one of them and who knows if this will succeed and if I'll actually stand out from the crowd. Yeah. But I've noticed that the more we tell our story and, and tell people about what we do, the more invested people become. So that's really kind of been, I think a defining success, a success factor yeah. in, in what, in our company and what we do. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great point of differentiation. Um, and it certainly does attract people. You're right. People will come to, and they've done it even, you know, with us and many of the other entrepreneurs we talked to where they're like, I just love like your story. I love what you guys are doing. I want to, I want to, what can I do to help? You know, I, yes. and I've had that happen so many times and I'm like, this is so cool. And so we started really realizing like, that story is like the the essence of modern marketing. It's like you really got to be good at telling it. And the more the better you do it, the more you're going to attract those people. Exactly. Because I think we've just kind of shifted. It's so funny because you look at these ads from 1980s, to 1990s even, um, and it's all just like product focused. Like, oh, buy this toaster. <laughs> and yeah. um, it, they're just kind of telling you the benefits of that. But people nowadays are just invested more in stories and storytelling and what's the impact and feeling those emotions through a story. And I think it's such a great way to market. I mean, I, I'm drawn into that more than somebody just trying to sell me a product any day. So absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I love to hear that kind of thing. Um, so I guess, you know, at this point, um, what, like, how have you been managing like the actual product development? I mean, for me, I've always been a digital guy and I sell intellectual property, um, and mentorship through these digital, uh, informational products. Right. And you guys have a tangible product. And to me, I always get a little bit like, oh man, how do you even handle all the crap that goes along with that? Right. Like you mentioned the accounting, the receiving, it's a 
little bit different on that side um, when you have the, what are those SKU numbers? And yes. You have, <laughs> you yes. Know, you have to have like shipping to manage and, you know, all that stuff. So I don't know if you're doing drop shipping or if you have like a, a warehouse or whatever you do, but how do you like, how do you not go broke trying to like get the products made? manage all the shipping, like manage all those like processes. Like, t- can you tell me just a little bit about like, help help the people listening uh, overcome the overwhelm of that? <laughs> yeah, I know it's a huge thing in itself, just inventory and carrying that inventory and not carrying too much, but not carrying too little. And I think that's another one of the challenges that we, that we faced and also sometimes face as well, because sometimes you'll have SKUs that all of a sudden sell out and you're like, oh no, I didn't realize that all of a sudden February, everyone's going to like this one piece or um, anything like that. So um, we're lucky that we carry just a minimal quantity of each SKU. And depending on orders, we kind of are lucky that our youth work consistently so they can always make things as orders come up. And also, yeah, so it's great because it also reduces, I guess, the waste uh, aspect where if you're carrying a whole bunch of inventory and it doesn't move, then it's 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 harder, um, I guess, that way. Right. Uh, so we yeah, we do work with our youth. They get to make things a lot of the times a couple weeks in advance. And then and then when orders come up, like custom orders and things like that, they'll make it right on the spot and then we can ship it out. And I guess we're really lucky, though, too, that our, our pieces are small because I can't imagine if you're <laughs> selling like cushions <laughs> and things that you got an entire like yeah. floor in your house dedicated to carrying that inventory. But yeah, so that's something. And then also purchasing the right amount of inventory or of, yeah, I guess products to make yeah our pieces. That's, that's another challenge. So that's something we're still figuring out, just balancing all of it. But I find that with us, if we order, uh, things that are versatile enough in terms of materials uh, that we can make multiple things and it's, then it's an easier kind of way to handle. Um, so that's kind of how we, yeah. we handle that. So, okay. Yeah. And, and then and if we have to modify pieces, we can. So. Right. Right. So you can be flexible. And how do you come up with your product like development and designs and stuff so I do all of that Uh, I thought it would be cool just to keep it consistent at once because a lot of our youth artisans have really wacky ideas that (laughs) I don't know if we'll actually translate um so I thought just to keep it consistent in the beginning I would just do the design and then that way it's easier also for me to train our youth artisans a lot of them have never made jewelry before so at least it's it's easier for me just to be like okay well this is how this necklace looks and and that's um, and this is how you put it together. Uh, whereas, uh, yeah, if they come up with their own ideas, I wouldn't even probably know where to start. Um, but I hope later on, we would love for each of our youth artisans to have their own little line that kind of reflects yeah. their personality. So, I mean, right now we have a line of beaded bracelets and that's designed completely by one of our youths. Uh, she just learns about the healing properties of stones. And um, so we thought we'd empower her. So the Crystal Zen collection is completely designed by her and she makes purpose-driven bracelets depending on the stones she use, nice. uses. Yeah, and then hopefully we can expand that. So another one of our youths loves hand stamping initials and words and things. So we might have something with her coming up. Uh, she's talked about having, wanting to have her own line, so. That's kind of how I hope to empower them too, is to give them, you know, their own collection. And yeah, they just to aspire feel... to something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was a small thing that we could do. That's also really empowering. 
That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, it's, that's yeah. kind of like a nice, uh, something to look towards doing as you, you know, they learn the, the I guess, uh, original designs and how everything works, and then they can start getting creative and create a little something. I, I like that little inspirational track. Yeah, exactly. And then they also, by then, they've known, like, kind of what works and what can work and what doesn't. So they, yeah, and then they can kind of master their own line right. that reflects right. their personality. So it's, it's nice. It gives you diversity, to too, which is cool. Exactly. And I, I think having those lines as well is, like, it's also marketing power. It's cool to be, like, here's this artisan and here's why they did it this way. And it's like this really, it's a story itself. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it plays to kind of their interests and who they are. And that's, yeah, that's another story is what they've been yeah. through, who they are, why they designed it this way, exactly. what this means. So nice. yeah, I guess it works that way as well. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, so we're coming up to the end of the time, um, but this was a lot of fun and I really appreciate what you guys are doing. And I hope to uh, see you guys continue to grow. Guys, check out the story that is featured in the spotlight for issue 23 change creator magazine and learn more about kind karma and um uh, lorinda if you want to just give a shout out how do people learn more how do people buy our products where do they go yeah, so they can visit our website. It's kindkarmaco.com. And we also have an Instagram page, which is the same, kindkarmaco. And they can shop through Facebook, which is a new thing. Um, it's Kind Karma Company. So, yeah, we do free shipping across Canada. We have a flat rate shipping to the States. And so we try to make it as easy as possible for people to find us and support our cause. So, nice. yeah, nice. that's how they can find out more about us. All right, guys. So it's Kind Karma. Co, C-O, so Kind Karma Co, all one word, dot com, and you can check them out and learn more. All right, Lorinda, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. That's all for this episode. Your next step is to join the change creator revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on iTunes and Google Play, or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast.